0: Well, a good Thursday morning to you. Today we're reading in Ezekiel 9 and 10 and James chapter 2. I'm to focus on James 2 for our time together. Uh, there are two books big warnings in this second chapter of James. One is the warning against uh, partiality, showing partiality, and the other is a warning against a dead faith. Let's take a look at those two things. Very briefly, just this first one, I do think it's possible for Christians in even good conservative Bible-believing churches to be guilty of what James is warning against in the first half of the chapter, that is uh, treating some people better than other people based upon external stuff. Like he talked, James talks about showing deference to the rich person who comes in and uh, you, you, you treat him very respectfully and with great honor and dignity, but the poor person, you, you know, you kind of get, go off over to the side, you know, you just, you know, you go over there and get out of the way. And then just fawning over the rich person, and James says, "Look, don't, don't, don't do that. The poor person is probably more worthy of your attention and your um, adoration than the than the rich guy. Uh, the rich guy may just live for that adulation and for that preferential treatment. And the the reality is that he's no better than the guy who doesn't have the wealth." They're all we're all equal in Christ is, is the emphasis here. And you treat people fairly and rightly and equally um, in, in Christ Jesus. So that that's one thing. And I think our, our problem is we often treat people based upon what we think they can do for for us, what they can give to us, or how how our affinity toward them may benefit us in some way james says uh, don't don't go there treat people with equal with a sense of equality in the faith in the church but then the second half of the letter he warns uh, the, the chapter he warns against a dead faith and he asks the question if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you says depart in peace be warmed and filled but you don't give them the things that are needed for the body what does it profit so also faith by itself if it does not have works is dead and a dead faith is a worthless faith he goes on to say some say i have faith you have faith and i have works show me your faith without your works i will show you my faith by my works there's a good key to understanding what he's getting at here but further on in the chapter he talks about the he gives the illustration of abraham and he says was not abraham our father justified by works when he offered isaac his son on the altar so you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect? Do you see that? He asks. So he says in verse twenty four, you see that then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Now that really can throw us, especially after this past Sunday was Reformation Sunday. And we made an emphasis that justification is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And here James says, whoa, wait a minute, no. You see, a man's justified by works and not by faith only. So is justification by faith alone, or is it by faith plus works? Well, I think we need to understand what he's getting at here. Um, his point is that it's not enough simply to profess a saving faith. Anybody can say, oh yeah, I have faith in Jesus, I am therefore a Christian. And what James is saying is, prove it, prove it. If you really have faith in Jesus, it's going to make a difference in your life. And the difference in your life proves, gives evidence of, the reality of your profession, your claim of faith in Jesus. In other words, the true faith, true saving faith, Is going to be evidenced by corresponding works. So when he says that Abraham was justified, uh, the faith of Abraham was justified by his works and um, it it was justified by works and not by faith only, what he's saying here is that Abraham's faith, when it says that he believed God and it was accounted for him for righteousness, His faith in believing God, that God was going to give him an heir, that God was going to give him all the things that he promised him, his faith in believing God was proved by his works. His his works justified, if you will, his profession of faith. Likewise, your works that follow your profession of faith justify or they... Give evidence of your faith's reality. And the fact that, or the idea that you have actually truly been converted. So, maybe a way to illustrate this is by way of contrast. I, I've known some people in my years of ministry who claim to be Christians, who claim that they are saved, who claim to have prayed a pray to prayer, trusted Jesus as their Savior and therefore are saved. I'm thinking one person off the top of my head here whom I met years ago while on visitation. It was a young mother with several children, and the uh, more I talked to the person, I realized that none of the children had the same father. The guy she was living with uh, was not her husband, and um, yet she said she was a Christian. She was saved. I asked her how how she knew that. And she told me, she said, well, when I was a child, I rode on a bus, and on the bus ride, um, somebody asked me if I wanted to go to heaven. I said yes, and uh, they gave me a prayer to pray. And then uh, after I prayed that prayer, we went to the church, and uh, they baptized me and so to- and told me that now I was going to go to heaven. I was saved. I said, well, ha- have you ever Joined a church. Have been back to church. No, no, I never really. You know, I went a few times after that, but no, I, I just, I just don't see much of a need for that. And um, lived a life of profligacy ever since. I'm suggesting to you that her works do not justify claiming to have saving faith. That's the point. So, uh, let's. Let's be careful we don't show partiality, and let's be confident in our faith as our faith is evidenced by the impact that that faith has made on our lives. Father, we thank you for these challenges from your word today, and we pray that you bless these thoughts to our hearts. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, listen, have a good rest of your Thursday. May the Lord bless you a good day.